Jonas. In this week's episode, Andrew Robson and I sit down and talk about bonsai evaluation as part of the run-up for the Pacific Bonsai Exposition in fall of 2022. Andrew and I have been having a number of conversations about how this might work. In this completely unscripted conversation, we talk about the pros and cons of some of the different approaches. The conversation kicks off with the description of five alternative criteria for evaluating bonsai. So one would be transition of taper. One would be either foliage and or twigginess. One of them could be age. One of like them could age be, a lot. Yeah, I think that'd be great. One of them could be special characteristics. Like, is there something that just really, the tr- some punch that the tree has that's really cool? Mm-hmm. It could be a deadwood feature. Um, what what if you bark. just had your like typical classical black pine, super tapered? Uh, what would that tree essentially just score like a zero in that or or one in that category then? So for a unique feature, if it's a very bark, for lack of bit. It bark could be the no, most important thing for pine. So if the pine has no bark, it yeah. could be a perfect tree, but all we care about is bark. Juniper, twisting movement. Okay. Deciduous, so, we need twigginess and we need no scars. So a special feature is conducive to that That's particular species. plant. Okay. And then I kind of want a demerit category almost that subs it out just to be cheeky and just say, hey, I have a flaw category. Same point thing, but it subtracts. Ooh, interesting. Just to mess with uh, the process. You know what we should do sometime is we should, uh, we should just like look through a show book and oh yeah um actually do this type of scoring and see what see how like the results would yield because you could easily practice this these are all reproducible kind of things yeah yeah i like so when i teach people picking the trunk there's always five things you evaluate and it's the same kind of thing it's like there's the line of the trunk the branch position the roots any special features you want to show off or any flaws you want to hide. So there's just very naturally five things when picking the front of a tree. Mm -hmm. And it's a pretty good self-contained way to do it. What's so fun is that it's super hard because you're not saying which one wins over the other. It's actually a fairly complicated relationship among those elements. Yeah. That's tricky. Interesting. And so it's, again, it's, they're good teaching things. And then what's hard is to, or what happens over time is that reflection or calculation that people internalize as they go and learn how to, well, the branches are horrible from this front, but the trunk line's great and the roots are so, so, but there's a scar right there. And so it's like, yeah, you kind of, there's still a gestalt and overall feeling. You yeah. Get. But then you have like the case, like maybe it's a Korean hornbeam that's 80 years old and that's a really beautiful scar and it becomes a feature and exactly yeah, it, it becomes tricky but it's it's a good teaching tool because it teaches people hey is this is it's not just is this a good tree or a bad tree it's it's well what qualities of this this trunk might make it attractive or not attractive and that's what was so great about the whole bib judging thing is it was one of the first times we got out of the zone of what tree do you like and into the zone of how good could the branches be what would i expect for this and you, that gets and so that thing that show was judged by the members, right? By yeah. The membership. And um, how often would you say that, because essentially that's a popularity contest to some degree. I mean, whenever it's a democratic vote like that. So how, 
if you could put a percentage on how accurate they were, like, do you, do you think the best oh, tree won most of the time? Definitely. Yeah. The best tree won 80 to 90% of the time. And do you think that that percentage is the same when we just pick three random professionals to come judge a show? So similar things come up when you pick a professional to judge a show, there are going to be biases. And we've all seen that in shows where it, it can happen that trees that in a case where there's multiple good options for a winner that mm-hmm. it might fit into that person's sweet spot, or they yeah. might be more likely to opt to go with something in that sweet spot, whether it's collecting material for someone, super traditional conservative styling for someone else, a boxwood because they love boxwood. Yeah. But so we did this very carefully in the early BIB days, we would, everyone judged every tree in the show. And that just got untenable after a while because we were asking for five scores per tree for every tree in the show. And that took forever. Yeah. Then we went to the top three trees in each category and we got five scores per tree. And it actually helped a lot to break it down that way. Would Boone pick the trees? Uh, Yes. So he'd select the five trees in each category. Three trees in each category. And then I would actually do the rough cut. And then I'd say, okay, Boone, I was thinking this, 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 this. Mm -hmm. And he'd say, yeah, that's right. Or, oh, what about that? And we'd say, oh yeah, do we need to do two? Do we need to do four or something like that? So it it might be changeable depending on what good options you have. We were, it was almost always three, but we were slightly fuzzy with that. There were a couple of times for sure when we had four trees out there. Yeah. Now, why did we not always think the best tree won. Every once in a while, there was a tree that was absolutely stunning because of some special reason, but it may not have been a good a bonsai. And one example that comes to mind is there was a crab apple covered with fruit. It was glorious. Everyone that walked in the room loved that tree. It won. I would pay more for the second place tree because it was a better tree. But it didn't win. It didn't get all the votes from people because it didn't have fruit on it. It wasn't this beautiful, seasonal, wonderful showpiece. It had this like umami, right? This like hard to nail down. That's right. Flamboyance or something. Yeah. 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 But I tallied the scores most years for 19 years. And in general, we thought the judging system produced a good winner. So that, that, I mean, that's interesting because I, I think that is a lot higher percentage than what you see when there's just three to five judges who come in, right? I, that, that seems to make sense. Yeah, there was always a couple, like someone always walked around groaning a little bit, but that's every time you judge. Right. That's, that's just the nature of bonsai shows where there's a prize. Yeah, and so I'd love to try our our alternative judging rubric and see if it produces more or less accurate results, because those are much more subtle kind of points. But what's interesting is in both cases, even if it's a simple root branch, trunk, special pot or your categories, you still have to know what is possible for that species. And that's the part that's really hard for people to grok if they're new to a species. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's it's like if you've never grown Chinese quince, then getting very very fine <laughs> twigging on a Chinese quince is <laughs> probably yeah. something you might miss. Or getting because, any bifurcation at all, for instance. Yeah, yeah. Um, same with ume or something like that. Yeah, it's 
yeah, if you've got an Ume that has flowers evenly all over the thing and it's twiggy, it's like, wow, uh, how did you do that? And, you know, you yeah, don't hesitate yeah. to ask those people how they do it. Yeah, then you almost need like that. I guess you said that category would be um, special things for that species. Is that yeah, or exactly. like a uniqueness category? Like, yeah, it's special. How exceptional features. is this? That's right. Is there something about it that puts it above and beyond? And there's different ways to think of the category is it could be that your par score for that category is zero instead of three. Mm -hmm. And that you just add points or accrue points as these special features get really, really good. It's interesting because we're almost judging like I I think a lot about how uh, bonsai judging is very similar to like a a dog show or something like that, Mm -hmm. uh, where, um, I mean, the, the, the analogy there is right. That, you know, you're judging a golden retriever based on what a golden retriever should look like rather than is this golden retriever better than the Boston terrier. Right. Um, and, and so you're judging them against their own standard, but when you do that, um, you're you're looking for some type of uniformity uh saying you know is this snout like the perfect shape is this the perfect shape not like oh this this snout is very very difficult to create um and so you're kind of judging opposite there are different there are you know as ryan broke it down in the uh, artisan's cup rubric there were technical and aesthetic considerations and that's a nice way to split it because you're right you're not technically creating those things on the dog but you are recognizing them and what you're doing is you're assuming there's a shared understanding and idealized cognitive model of the characteristics that are appropriate to a given species and that's the part that requires the most uh, practice understanding and depth of vision to know is this like what are the best branches we can put on a privet of all the privets in the world. And that gets into the the fun question of based on US standards or based on Japanese standards. And that question came up a lot actually, because having been to Japanese shows, a bunch of them, and having been to a lot of US shows, I would often score US shows by US standards. And people would say, yeah, that trunk's kind of funky. It's kind of this. And so I'm only going to give it a six out of 10. And I'd say, you know, I've never seen one of those have a better trunk in the US. I'm going to give it an eight. I, I think you need a context. Yeah. When you're thinking about judging. Um, and that's what's tough is if you only know that your club's trees, it's going to radically affect what scores you give. Right. Because the rest is just internet pictures or show books. Yeah. And yeah. And so your context has to change based on what, where you are which I guess is what context is. Um, and that's where we get into weighted scores, which we'll be doing. And so whether we go with a small number of scores or a small number, one to seven, one to five, one to 10, or a big number, one to 40 or 60, we want to weight them so that everyone's scores end up being equal. It's so like if one person gives all fours and one person gives all twos, we let them all balance each other out. Yeah. That's and right. that's the, is that the Z scoring that Dan Yemens had talked about? I don't remember what that referred to, but it's, it is in his paper. Okay. And I will definitely reach out to Dan when it's time to figure out our score. Hey, here's what we've come up with. What do we do wrong? Yeah. Dan's an amazing guy. Um, Yeah. It's so interesting. Do you, do you think people would attend a show that didn't have prizes or, or wasn't judged? Well, like if you just have like a jury and then like, that's it. Here's the exhibit. 
Okay. I think just as many people would attend, I think a large number of people would be disappointed or confused. <laughs> and do you, do you think, um, do you think putting a prize or putting prize categories, do you think that encourages better trees to attend? In some cases, definitely. I think you'd lose some trees. Some people don't like the competition. Other people mm-hmm. will tell you they hate competition, but they quote, can't help it. And yeah. they're going to bring their A game. And yeah. uh, I know that even in the BIB club, the prizes definitely made a difference. We all okay. called them hockey pucks because they were these little, uh, you know, like clear plastic, disc things, clear right? disc things. You got it. And so everyone wanted more hockey pucks. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Uh, because like in a video game, the goal of a video game is to make the number in the corner bigger. And was and the, were the hockey motivated. pucks like? Did that come with like a a monetary prize as well, or was it never? Just the, it was just the uh, <laughs> it was it was just the prestige. Of, it, of that. it really was, and we had a lot of categories, and that was another good educational thing. As we had best large, we had best so we had size categories as well as species categories. So the two broad groups were conifer or deciduous and broadleaf evergreen lumped together and Shohin. And then among the two main categories, we had large, medium, and small. Okay. As long as we had enough trees to judge in a category, we'd offer a prize for that category. So kind of like the Taikon 10 model, but not as exhaustive in a number of categories. Yeah. I get really overwhelmed with too many categories, Uh especially when you're like sitting at whatever show you're at and there's the awards banquet and it's like, here's the best this, here's the best this. And it's just like, 30 prizes later, you're like, oh, what is the one's food coming out? <laughs> so I've, like I have mixed feelings about that. It reminds me the first time I went to kind of a commercial wine tasting, mm-hmm. I thought I saw the sheet and it was, I forget 80 or a hundred different wines. And I thought, well, there's no way I'm going to keep that many. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. I have, how yeah. am I going to keep all that straight? But you only have four Pinots from this valley and you have three of these from that. And so by the time you get to the grape in the region and you break it down, it actually yeah. became very manageable because you're not balancing in your head more than five different things at a time. Usually it was fewer than that. And it's the same way when you go to Tycon 10, there are a million categories, but during the judging, they take out the top three in every category and they line them all up down the center aisle. When you see three root over rock, it's like, great. There's our, they have a weird category. It's like root over rock or Bunjin or like mm-hmm. they have a few different, really different kinds of things all in their odds and ends category. But by the time you do the sizes and you see them right there, it's not bad at all. Walking through the show, it just seems ridiculous. Like, wow, there's a lot of prizes. Yeah. And there's reasons for that too, because the people who put on the show pick the top three trees in each category. These are bonsai people. The judges primarily are not bonsai people. They are business leaders, uh, a mayor, a city council person, someone from the Department of Agriculture. Mm-hmm. It's uh, not a hardcore bonsai crowd. And so you give them three trees, it'll be a decent winner, but not always the best winner. And okay. by having lots of prizes, more people feel good about themselves for having one. More people can invite their friends and say, hey, look at the prize. And from an educational perspective, it's a lot better for helping people say, oh, what does excellence look like in this context or that context? Yeah, that's super interesting. Yeah, try Gafu 10 where there are like, again, like 20, 25 categories in the Shohin show. Yeah. 
like the 90 centimeter category, the 80, the 70, the 60, the mini, the bunjin, the club, the, there's so many yeah. different categories. I, I think it's good from an educational standpoint. Um, cause you are really making all those distinctions like, yeah, best root over rock in the show. Um, but I don't know it, to me, it's like when you go to a restaurant and there's like 10 pages to the menu, it's like, gosh, I'm just overwhelmed. Like, I don't know what to do here rather than like you go to those places where there's like just one page and it's just like, Oh, I can make a decision really quickly. and easily. Or a closer example is if they give you 19 chefs specials and you're like, how big is the chef? My yeah, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I don't know. I maybe, maybe I'm just a simple person, but. Yeah, I, and I do think there's something, and and that's that's one of the reason I like the kokufu is is yeah. there's not like first, second, third, or whatnot. It's just here's a like a badge of honor. Like this this tree is like really phenomenal. It's not you know the best medium tree, whatever, but like this tree is just like really special. It's a recognition at that point, and it's great. They just take tons of points from a whole lot of judges, and if you hit a threshold, the thing gets a prize. And it's a recognition. It's not as comparative. It's just like these trees we feel are at this certain level of recognition. And that I really like. And actually, one of my ideas before we decided on prizes for the show was instead of having, you know, one, two, three or top in a category, I like the idea of having recognitions. And one way to do that would be have your professionals come in. And I still might do this additionally. I would love to have a professional come in, recognize one to three of their favorite trees and give us a few sentences. What is special about this tree that it deserves recognition? It's not whether or not it's the best. It's there's yeah. something that caught my attention or really makes me smile. Let's hear about that. Let's learn from that. That could be a great, like if you had like a educational component or seminar time type of component uh -huh. uh, attached to this, like you could have like a, what, what would you call it? Like a panel discussion or something like that. And yeah. you could wheel the tree in, you know, talk about it. Like, this is why this is special. And, and docents like, would love that because it's yeah. just such an easy to understand thing. And it's easier to learn when it's less political. Because as soon as you give something a prize, someone will say, well, I like that one better. But yeah. if you give it a recognition, it's a really great way for people to acknowledge, yeah, it has those really nice characteristics. I may or may not care for them, but yeah, that may be an exceptional specimen in that case. Mm -hmm. So then we've got, uh, so just to go over the different models in Japan. So Kokufu is cool because like you say, it's an undifferentiated, you get a prize, congrats. Whereas Taikon 10, they give you, a, or Gafu 10, a million little prizes. If I recall, Sakufu is more like, here's a best in show, and then here's best conifer, and then here's best deciduous. Which and is kind of the Western model, right? Yeah, more so. And then one of my favorite prizes they have at Sakufu, which everybody hates apparently, is they call it like, oh, I forget the name. It's like it's like the, the up and coming prize or something. Yes, like it's the, like the most promise. Oh, this tree has a, a lot of promise award. And what it is, is it's a very patronizing pat on the back to younger bonsai professionals to say, keep up the good work, son. It's interesting. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. Because I remember the year I was there. Uh, is it more about the tree or the professional? Is it like this tree's like, it, it's, it's cool now, but like in five years, like this tree's going to be really special. Or is it like you, you have like a ways to go. Like which, right. Which, right. which like, one is it more? Is it a bless, on? bless your heart kind of prize or is yeah, it? A, yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, not only do I not know the answer to that, but there were a few unique things going on and you'll appreciate this and it'll probably, uh, Michael will love to hear this. The one time I went to Sakufu, 
Shinji Suzuki was running the show. He was kind of the master of ceremony. And they tried something apparently they had never done before. And it was extremely awkward. And that was they rented women to hand out the prizes. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) It was interesting because... Unlike, you know, a lot of other events, the Sakafu is, it's an exhibit just for the professionals. And so yeah. it's a very small room. You're in the darn room of the prizes. There's, there might be, you know, 20, 30 chairs in the room and it's just all professionals sitting there and a couple of board apprentices, which is what I was posing as at the time. And, and then it's like, you know, Shinji gets up there and starts talking and a couple other people talk. And then there's these two women which was interesting is, you know, and then like they, Vanna White comes out and well, yeah, but except unlike Vanna, they weren't wearing their gowns. And unlike an auto show, they weren't wearing bikinis. They were just dressed like they were going to work that day. It was kind of business casual, just professional attire. And it was these two women that were just sitting there. And so Suzuki would announce the winner and just kind of look around. And then he'd just hand the paper to the woman. And then the paper would hand it to the guy who's right there. It was yeah. the weird. Everyone's like, Huh? Or what do they say? Like 90% of experiments fail or something like that. I think we can put that in the uh, fail category. Yeah. All I know is I was at the right failure. Like if you're going to see a failure, that's a good way to fail where you have unnecessary yeah. uh, participation in the award ceremony. It was pretty funny. So I don't know if they ever did that again. Maybe they always did it. But my understanding yeah. was everyone was very confused and kind of put off by it. And I'm not sure it happened again. Just yeah, yeah liven things up a little bit. <laughs> Interesting. At your show, are you gonna have like drones or something come and fly out the prizes, or because that's very bad idea. See, we had Uh, a we had drones at the national last time. I remember Oscar had a guy I think flying a drone around, but uh, yeah, inside um, the the soccer stadium. Yeah, pretty sure there was one of the videos had some drone footage in there. I remember hearing it. Should bring my my Mavic Mini. I think it was. uh, (laughs) That'd be great. We'll let you in there at night and do some swoopy foliage, but we'll need a. I don't I've know been how practicing. The, I can like get in under my shade cloth and fly around the benches. So tell that to the insurance adjuster when it yeah, comes yeah. down in a crate myrtle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that'll be fun. So yeah, when it comes to judging, so much of it's experimental. And I always think of judging as just a way to just find out more about the people that have things riding on the judging because what trees get in or not is always a bone of contention. What trees win prizes or not is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the coolest thing about having the participants gauge their own work or each other's work is, Hey, you know who to point your finger at. You can point it right back at yourself. And uh, it just teaches us that we all need to do a better job at educating. What are the characteristics we're looking for? How we do we do this? And so, well, and it's interesting because you're kind of seeing where the community is at. Maybe the community is favoring really big trunks or maybe it's favoring conifers or I, I don't know i'm just making things up but maybe like you you get to see that community is maybe not bias but preference or um kind of where their headspace is at the time you use and then that's yeah. fascinating you use the I'm, exact phrase i use i want to know where are we now do we need yeah. to do better yes but how do we need to do better this is just putting our finger on the pulse of what where we are today yeah yeah and i i like that you know you kind of even just get that by which trees show up um but you definitely get that zoom in focus when the the the, uh the uh the exhibitors um critique themselves and and evaluate themselves i think that's right and i think that's a good point because when a professional lets their biases come through then 
that's only telling us what the biases of a single person is. When mm -hmm. the biases of a large group come together, it's really saying something about the bonsai zeitgeist, you know, what is, what are people interested in right now? And, or what have they been producing over long periods of time leading up to the show? Cause that's another big part of it. Do you plan on, you know, some of the coolest things I think about with shows is that we can, access the information later you know years down the road and, and we can look back you know and say like oh like the artisans cup for example mm -hmm. we can either go online or get the book and we can say what was our headspace in you know in 2015 um and you can see that you know super super clearly um and the, the cool thing about that show is they they um recorded the judges comments you know yeah. you can see all the scores and everything and it's it's all out there running right in public and i love that do you think you'll do something similar where you'll put that kind of public information. I, I mean, I know if, if you have the exhibitors judging, then you, you can't really like, you know, that's 30 or whatever judges that you can't really publish it's, all of that. But it's a downloadable do think, spreadsheet at that point. Yeah. I will. I'm not planning on doing the individual scores, but I would love to have a resource like the cup is done and have a website where you have Uh, a reference shot of every tree in the show, as well as the, of course, recognition for the uh, prize winners. I think that's you, really important. Do you think you'll do a, a show book? Because those are always like logistically a nightmare to, to produce. Yeah. And so Eric and I were talking about this. I feel very strongly that I want photos of all the trees in the exhibit. And mm -hmm. if we can get high enough quality photos, that would give us the option of making the book. What I actually want to do is pre-sell the book just to force us to figure out a way to do it. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense, I think. And for, I think for... it'll be a very, very straightforward affair, more like what we see in Japan, but not as high a quality in terms of the printing, but just to do not a lot of talk. It just, Hey, here's the reference mm -hmm. photos of the show. Here's a few yeah. shots of the room and the event itself. It'd be like, it'll be like a yearbook for the show. Yeah. I like that. Cause, cause like I said, you just get to see like where our heads were at in 2022 yeah. when, when we, we start this for the first time. Now, if we were really good, we'd have the book available at the show. Then it would be like a yearbook and we could sign each other's yearbooks. But <laughs> you talk about logistical nightmares. I'm not sure how that would work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure but it's possible, but not cheap. Our current plan. So we made a little schedule. <laughs> And I should say we made an ambitious schedule of what that setup day looks like, but theoretically we can do this and it would require all the shows, trees showing up early Friday morning and taking the photos all morning long to have the photography finished by 4 PM when we start judging. I think and that then, sounds doable. Yeah. It just, you know, to set up an entire show, we, we have to figure out how we're going to build the room. Like we haven't even figured out any of those details yet. Is but. the room already going to be built by fr Friday morning when that shows up? Is, it, is the room the, building on Thursday or? That's the part we have to figure out. They're going to give us tables and arrangement theoretically ahead of time, but I can almost guarantee we'll need to change it. To me, one of the bigger variables in the whole event is going to be the backdrops. And so we'll have to figure that out. And depending on how long we, depending on the construction and storage and everything relating to backdrops, we might have to come in a day earlier to do that or rethink how many volunteers we're going to need on Friday. Yeah. Circling back to the judging, I just thought of yeah. one more thing. Um, 
you said this show is going to have creative displays or non-conventional yes. or un- unconventional displays. Will those be judged by the same standard in, in Rubeboard? Uh, or will they be separate or are those not judged at all? How, how will that work? So that's an excellent question. There will be two... Di- so this is a whole thing. There are two categories that we're looking at hosting for judging. The exhibit itself will be giving out four prizes. Best in show, best conifer, best deciduous, best broadleaf evergreen. Those are the four sanctioned categories. And we love having those categories because we want to incentivize excellence in those different categories. I don't want to just see one or the other. And um, we've seen this in BIB as well. Uh, Some people actually choose kind of what to show. This happens at GSBF also. Oh, you don't often see a lot of entries in that category. Let's aim for that. And so I'd love to see some good competition between olives, oaks, and azaleas in the broadleaf category. I think that'd be Uh awesome. Yeah, yeah, that'd be super cool. That has nothing to do with displays. And so for the judging, the focus is going to be on the... It might be 80% tree, a little bit on the display. And so we actually have instructions to the judges saying things like... If you see a so-so tree in a great display or a great tree in a so-so display, uh, give more credit to the great tree in the so-so display. So we're going to have you count the whole thing, but it's by far more important to have the best tree recognized. And that's all just one category of categories. Which is kind of similar to Kokofu. It's just like, here's a tree. It's on a stand. Maybe there's an accent, there's an accent, but it's just more about the tree than like the display, unlike Taikon 10, which is where the display might fall more into that. It's just so conventionalized at Kokofu. We're not going to say your Perosia looks better than your Woodsia, than your Ardisia, because those are the accent plants. It's going to be that simple. Yeah. So that gives us a whole other category. And what we're looking at is opening it up to any number of sponsored prizes. And so if you, Rakuyo N, wants to say, we are going to sponsor the best deciduous tree in a modern display or the best Shohin deciduous tree, or just name whatever category you want, best deciduous tree in a blue pot. Hopefully we can do better than that. Yeah. You can say, I'm going to give a prize at this level and you actually get to pick that prize and grant that award. And so I'm expecting people to want to recognize best alternative display as a really obvious category for that. That's great. That's you, you have your kind of standard um, simple that, that you're going to do as the show organizers. And then you let the community sponsor what the community might want to see more of. Yeah. And so what we'll do is we'll say, we want to make sure that there's a, a certain base level of prize that accompanies these things just to make sure we don't have 900 prizes. Uh, but on the other hand, we want to make sure that people get the opportunity to recognize the things that they want to see. Cause we're trying to figure out how do we incentivize the kind of submissions we want to end up with. And this could be a really neat way to do that. Yeah. I love and it. it. Might, and it might take a couple times. Like I keep figuring you need to do a first show so the second show can be good. And yeah. so we need to start learning what are the dumb things we're doing now so we can refine that in the next time. Yeah. And likewise with the submitters, the exhibitors are going to think, oh, there wasn't as much competition in that category last time. Maybe my great uh, yeah. Myrtle does have a chance. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. It's like building my house. It's like, oh, I should have done that differently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's already there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so no, best three-point display, that would yeah. be a good traditional model category. Uh, best alternative display would be 
you know, best Cirque du Soleil award. It can be something hanging or swinging back and forth. Best dynamic display. Like you could come up with all kinds of crazy things. Yeah. Natives recognition, specific species, uh, accent plants. Native to the U.S. border? Native to, you get to pick a political boundary. Okay. (laughs) That's what I always think is so silly about the Native prizes is so many of us love political boundaries, but... I live in a place where like we can grow oaks and redwoods and pretty much nothing else is native. And so it's, (laughs) it just feels so silly. Oh yeah. I've got this native tree that lives at 8,000 feet. What percentage of American bonsai artists live at 8,000 feet? It's not native to any of us, but we share a political boundary. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. in like your area, Bay area, it's like, is a Rocky mountain juniper any more native than a Shimpaku juniper just because it's right. So do I really have more affinity for a tree that flies an American flag that lives at 8,000 feet or a tree that lives in my exact climate in another country because it's a short tree. And so (laughs) open questions. Yeah. That's a whole nother podcast. That's (laughs) a whole nother But Uh, I'm, I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're making attempts to critically think about how we can change the judging process. I think it's, I think it's going to be really an exciting show because of that. So I'm hoping that in addition to conversations just like this, that we produce some resources between now and the show that can help people learn about the judging process. And so I want to write some blog posts on judging. I haven't done that in years. And so I think we should do some podcasts on it. I like that idea of going through a book. Um, what else do you think would be a good way to support the community? Because really we're creating a new generation of evaluators in this case. Yeah. No, I, I, I think everything you just said makes a lot of sense. Um, I've taught judging. Um, it's one of the favorite programs I do for clubs. Actually, when I visit clubs is teach evaluation mm-hmm. and it's, I always think of it as evaluation because what I'll do is I'll, you know, we give everyone forms and we go through practice yeah together and we follow the model you know just like i did with bib but sometimes Mm -hmm. we change the categories and it's so great to give people the tool of thinking of a tree atomistically because it just helps them think of oh how might i improve my own trees oh boy my branches do have a way to go they're more of a two i'd rather they're closer to a four Will will you do that at the exhibition? Will you um, have, if, let's say, Michael Hagdorn's coming down to see the show? Will he walk through and give like a guided tour, kind of like what happens at the national show? Excellent question. And so, what Eric and I have planned is that what we want to do is the absolute bare minimum to count as a show, and we are open to every other fun bell and whistle we can add on if we can find a way to manage it. Mm-hmm. And so, if people can. If we can find a way to coordinate that without additional overhead, then yes, I would yeah. love to do that. And so if Michael, as you mentioned, wants to volunteer and I have someone in charge of volunteering, then we'll say, great, you are the two o'clock docent and we will promote it yeah. as much as possible. But we just need someone to coordinate all that stuff. Because always from my experience, that's where you learn the most, uh, especially when, you know, before I switched to doing multi professionally, like when you get to see that judging process and that evaluation, that's where you really learn a lot, I think. Especially to show because it's the only time when you can really judge displays in the wild because everything else is just play. And 
I was actually just, I'll, I will be, I'm planning to participate in a show this fall in the Bay Area. And they were asking uh, what I think about doing a workshop versus a critique. And I said, well, I'm local, so I can do workshops all the time, but it is a little special to do something around a critique. And it's a fun learning um, example. And there's so many ways to do critiques. That alone actually is a good related topic. I've seen so many critiques where professionals walk around or even club members walk around pointing out flaws and trees. And I think even beginners can do that. What I find yeah. really challenging is walk from tree to tree, just pointing out how this tree can be better next time. Yeah. It's that's, that's how I always run my critiques is, is we, we talk about taking this plant, not just saying this is wrong, this is wrong, but how do we, yeah. How do we make this plant better? I mean, it's, it's, it's really How do you obvious get there from here. Yeah. It's, it's really obvious, but a lot of critiques I've seen don't always do that. Um, and yeah. That's how I evaluate critiques actually. Is, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun to go around and well, that's terrible and that's bad. It's like, Oh yeah, yeah good. It's like, Oh yeah. But, but it's you like, that doesn't mean anything. It's like, okay, here's a tree. Maybe it has some flaws, but okay. Could we correct those flaws or could we improve the tree in other aspects to draw away our visual attention? You know, it's, yeah. And I'm selfish. I want to see better trees going forward. So I want to do yeah, everything in my power to see more better trees down the road. And so when I walk up to a tree, it's like, wow, this tree has a great trunk. It's got wonderful movement. It's got a great line. And when I think of what I'd want to see in this tree, the next show, I look at the branches and what can we yeah. do with the branches here? This happens to be a cryptomeria and this species shows its age in branch development. And unfortunately, unlike a juniper, there is no way to cheat on a needle juniper or cryptomeria. You need to build that density one cut at a time, one painful July day after another. And that's where good cryptomeria come from. Yeah. But that might yeah. be in our foliage category if we're back to our judging rubric. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, it's been super fun to talk judging and, and critique and tree evaluation with you this morning. I, I'm really looking forward to the exhibition. When is the Pacific Bonsai Expo again? It will November be in November 20- of 2022. All right. Looking forward to it. All right. Thank you so much for the chat. Yeah, cheers. music on today's podcast was brought to you by the fine folks at blue dot sessions check them out at www.sessions.blue